0: Hello, my lovely witches. Welcome to episode 55 of C3 Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. I'm River Kane, and it is just me again this week. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about the witches' ladder. It's something that you hear about a lot, but I don't know that everybody really knows exactly what it is. So I thought I'd talk about it. And it's been a really long day. It's last week of school for kids. Um, so I am not drinking an alcoholic drink. I am drinking a La Croix or LaCroix. I'm not really sure how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, guava flavor. And it's actually pretty good. I think I might be using it to make some cocktails with sometime, but not tonight as I am super tired and well, that might have been a reason to drink. But anyway, not drinking right now. Okay, so what is a witch's ladder? It is a tool for meditation and ritual in which different colors are used as symbols for one's intent. It can also be used as a counting tool because in some spell workings, there is the need to repeat the working of a particular number of times. You can use the ladder to keep track of your count, running uh, the feathers or beads whatever it is that you do along as you do so, can be utilized for wishing, money, healing, breaking bad habits, could be baking bad, bad habits, security, and more. It is a form of not magic. Another definition is that it is a charm or talisman that is constructed from a length of braided cord with magical objects and feathers woven or knotted into it it could be compared to a rosary, commonly called pagan prayer beads, allowing the witch to focus more of her energy on spells or chants instead of trying to uh, keep track of the number of uh, iterations that she's spoken it. You can keep track with the charms or beads on that um, length of string. Uh, It's also been called a special type of lucky charmed, which is considered to be the remover of evil forces and obstacles from the lives of people who are using it, and they keep that in their home or in their workplace. Another definition is that it is a fetish made from knotted cord or hair used in folk magic or witchcraft, often as a curse, but also in any kind of magic, meditation, or ritual workings. Depending on its use, it can be made with beads and charms, either on a cord or connected with chain. Pagan prayer beads tend to be the kind that are made with beads and can be attached to a cord, a yarn, or or chain. Um, You can have many different ones depending on the usage, or you can use just one and have it for all of your uses, whatever you want to do. I have a bunch of them, and I make them also. So the history of the witch's ladder, it was first known as the witch's ladder. It came on a record back in Somerset, England in 1878, and it was found in a secluded attic of this old lady who had passed away, and everybody thought she had been a witch, and they found it in this attic, and it had a stool or a chair and six brooms up there, and the brooms were set up like they were, quote, ready to use. Well, uh, in, in that time, day and time, I think they thought ready to use as in fly, but it was probably ready to use as in sweep, you know, things out of the attic. But the uh, attic was supposedly not accessible from below. There weren't stairs or a ladder going up to it. And so the locals decided that the brooms must have been for flying and the charm must have been what aided her into getting into the attic. And that is why it became known as the witch's ladder. I thought that was really cool. I, I Did you know, I have a fun fact about ladders um, that I came across while I was doing this, this episode the Guinness Book of World Records credits Thomas Holerer of Handworks Museum in Austria with making the world's longest ladder. It is a wooden ladder, and it was completed in April of 2005. And it has 120 rungs and measures a whopping 135 feet long. Found that fascinating, and so it was funny that that the people decided that this string that they found up there in her attic, which had feathers and beads and things attached to it and charms, that it must have been the witch's ladder for how she magically got into her attic. When this actual one that they found in this house was donated, the note that came with it said, An old woman said to be a witch died, and this was found in an attic and sent to my husband. It was described as being made of cock's feathers and was thought to be used for getting away the milk from the neighbor's cows. Nothing was said about flying or climbing up, she said, the lady that donated this. And an 1887 article in the Folklore Journal detailed This very object that became, you know, the talk of the town, apparently, more specifically, and said that when a speaker was talking about it at a symposium that same year, that two members of the audience stood up and told him that, in their opinion, the object was a sewell and that it would have been held in their hands or put out in the fields to turn uh, back deer when hunting. And so I thought that was interesting. And i was like, okay, what's a seoul? So I looked up a seoul. And a seoul is defined as a type of scarecrow made from feathers and used to prevent deer from entering an area. So hardly anything malevolent, certainly not something that would steal the cow's milk from down the road. But as often happens with us witches, anything strange or different is often associated with evil. It was equated to a much older item known as a witch's garland, which I could not find anything on a witch's garland, but that was supposedly used by witches in Italy to cast a death curse. The garland was con- consisted of knotted cord with black chicken feathers caught in the knots. And then it was buried in the earth. And as the cord decayed, the cursed person would waste away until they finally died. So it was a spell that was used to to kill people. And incidentally, the way to um, undo this spell would be if you found that cord and untied the knots before it decayed away, you could reverse that curse. The oldest known image of prayer beads, on the other hand, those go farther, way, way farther back, is found in a fresco painting of a prehistoric settlement, which is now modern-day Greece. And this mural that they found, it shows a woman handling a string of prayer beads, and that dates back to 1613 BC. Prayer beads, which you think of along the lines of, of rosaries, but... Prayer beads, like pagan prayer beads, are usually of one strand as opposed to the necklace. It can be the the necklace or that, you know, what you envision uh, with Catholics that you see. Um, It can be exactly like that and used by pagans. But the ones that I have seen more commonly are just a single strand of beads. Prayer beads have been used in Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, all all kinds of religions all around the world. And the exact way that these beads are used varies across the faiths, And uh, but all of these things have in common that they are designed to deepen and enhance spiritual practices, much like the witch's ladder or pagan prayer beads are. So, While witches' ladders and prayer beads are not always the same thing, there are times when they overlap depending on how you use them. So modern day uses, spell chanting. So many spells require you to repeat the same chant several times. Often in witchcraft, the number of times you say something means something. We've talked before, Ren and I did, about the number three and the power of three and how that number pops into spellcasting a lot. So the beads of a witch's ladder can, or the knots, if if it's a knotted cord, can enable the witch to concentrate their, their force into the the repetition without having to count how many times or losing count of how many times they're doing it. You just move your fingers along the knots and you know, when you get to the last one, Oh, that was nine times or however many times it is. So you might have different prayer beads or which ladders with different number of knots in them. Nine seems to be the common one. So there are prayer beads that have sets of three up to nine on, on them. So that if you have it, that we're only going to repeat it three times, you know that when you get to that first different bead, you've done your three chants. As you finish your chant, you move your finger up to the next bead so that you can count and you know how many times you've said your, your spell or your chant. Did you know, speaking of chanting, that, you know, the, the, I always think of you know Om, and I, I think that we talked about this in one of our really early episodes. But that's what I equate when I think of you know monks, monks meditating and saying the Om. Okay, so there is a reason for for this in the Hindu sacred texts, which are apparently called Upanishads. I'm sorry if I spoke that wrong. Uh, it is explained in those religious sacred texts that in the beginning there was the word and that word was OM. There was a time when nothing existed apart from tranquil, quiet quiet space. And then out of that non-entity came an entity. And the first movement from the unmanifest to the manifest is known as the vibration of OM. I thought that was fascinating. It is also said that chanting OM, just when you're trying to meditate yourself, that it can help you connect yourself and balance your emotions. It's really interesting. So sometimes the witch's ladder itself is the spell. So you make it and you create the spell as you make your witch's ladder. So you gather your materials and you focus on what it is your intent is, and you do this basic ladder spell. And this is what it is. By not of one, the spell's begun. By not of two, the magic comes true. By not of three, so shall it be. By not of four, this power is stored. By not of five, my will shall drive. By not of six, the spell I fix. By not of seven, the future I leaven. By not of eight, my will be fate. By not of nine, what is done is mine. Now, this may sound familiar to you if you have read or watched a discovery of witches. This is the way magic worked for witches in that series. It was, they're, they're all, it's not spells. This is a spell of knots. And it, it's really a cool take on the witch's ladder. So you basically pour your intent into the knots as you go with the last one flowing towards all the knots, the cords, the chains, the charms, et cetera. And I would think that you could chant as you make this ladder, or once it's made, it's storing your intent. If it's an intent for future use, it might be stored with magical intent. And then you can use that witch's ladder as a tool in spellcasting, which brings me to the next way to use it is in spellcasting and spellworking itself. So the witch's ladder and prayer beads are like any other tool that you use in magical workings like candles or athames, crystals, incense, cauldrons, and it can be used to amplify and channel your inner power. One way to charge your spells and rituals is by repeating your intentions or specific words a certain number of times. A set of beads can help you keep track of the spell repetitions and you can zone into your practice, and that would raise the power of the spell. And you don't have to worry about stopping and going, Oh crap, how you know, how many times did I say this chant? You know, it's it's right there on your on your witch's ladder. And you um as you, you chant the witch ladder spell above that I talked about, you can envision whatever it is that the spell that you're wanting to use. To manifest itself. Or like I said, you can use it in spells later. It is also used as meditation and prayer. So basically you can recite one repetition of a prayer or mantra per bead using the strand to help you keep track of how many repetitions you've said while allowing your mind to stay completely focused on the prayer or the spell itself. Short prayers or mantras tend to work best. So this type of use is more along the lines of what I was talking about, the rosary. You have a strand of beads and you can use the beads in meditation by having it guide your breathing. As your fingers touch each bead in the set, you take one deep breath in, followed by an equally deep breath out. So it's a really good way for beginners to get into the practice of meditation, especially if you're like me and you've got a difficult time sitting still and emptying your mind. I try to empty my mind. And then I'm like, Oh, I forgot to take the garbage out. You know I mean? Pop right into my head in the middle of things. Uh, Oh, for many people simply holding the witch's ladder is enough to help you stay grounded and present. So people carry them with them. They put them in their pockets, just like you see priests or uh, the faithful and uh, Catholic faithful who carry their rosaries with them. Just having it um, makes them feel grounded and present and helps with their purpose of whatever it is that they're trying to do at the moment. So I have a story. There are two witches that didn't know each other and they both came to a clearing in the park. And both had their prayer beads and they got them out and they started chanting and they were so surprised and they were very happy to have met each other. You could say they had a chant encounter. Okay, that was really bad. Yeah, we really need to get Ren here to keep me from doing that kind of thing. Okay, the next thing you can do is use, uh, use it for manifesting an intention. So we've talked about vision boards before we did. I did a whole episode. I'm not sure if Ren was with me with that one or not, but you can use the witch's ladder or the pagan prayer beads to accomplish the same thing. So you think of a goal that you want to achieve or an important change you want to make in your life, and you use the pagan meditation beads to manifest that intention, the power of that manifest. Manifestation lies in your ability to focus all of your energy and intention on that specific income outcome. Wow, I'm having issues tonight. Uh, Pagan prayer beads can help you do that. Let me let me give you an example. So, let's say you want to enhance your creativity. So you can repeat a simple intention, something like "I am creative and inspired," and as you make your way along the string of beads, you or the knot and the cord, you focus all of your energy on that intention. You allow yourself to really feel that creative power flowing through you, along with other positive emotions like joy and gratitude. And so that is a wonderful way to use a witch's ladder or a prayer bead. You can use it to honor your deities. So, many witches do worship deities or associate with certain deities, and the witch's ladder or the pagan be- prayer beads can be used that way. Using the prayer beads in your spiritual practice is a wonderful way to deepen your connection with that deity while showing them honor, respect, and gratitude. You can look for pieces that are that are in the colors that are associated with your deity so if it's a cord with knots you might look for the strands of the cord to be the colors associated or if you use beads you can look for beads that are associated with the uh, colors of your deity prayer beads can also serve as a beautiful and heartfelt offering to your deities you can adorn your altar with them and keep them there as a symbol of your devotion you can use the witch's ladder to honor your ancestors. Now, maybe you don't work with deities. There are still many ways to use pagan prayer beads or witch's ladder in honoring and connecting with your ancestors. So, is there a prayer bead set or a witch's ladder strand that reminds you of your ancestral heritage? Perhaps you have Scottish heritage and you've got colors that are associated with your ancestors, uh, placing beads um, of that color near photos of your deceased relatives. That's a beautiful way to remember and honor them, and it's beautiful on your altar. You can also use your prayer beads to honor the land spirits or house spirits that you might have in your home. Did you know, speaking of ancestors, that medieval people around 450 to 800 AD, they would open reopen the graves of their ancestors. And they did this to strengthen ties with their family ancestors. And they might even take an object that that person was buried with th- that has a strong symbolic significance. I mean, they didn't take things like jewelry or, you know, they weren't there to rob their ancestors, of course not. But they did believe that when an object had been buried with someone for that amount of time, it became imbued with mythical and ancestral powers. And so they thought that it was okay to honor their ancestors by making use of these talismans that were created because they had been buried with their ancestor. But that was, that was pretty interesting. You can use them as worry stones. This is kind of like the meditation and that it can bring you a sense of calm. I, I have some worry stones and and you know I keep one in my pocket sometimes and I just rub my when I'm nervous or you know about to give a speech or something, I'll I'll use my my worry stone. You can do the same thing with the witch's ladder or the pagan prayer beads. In fact, if you have a witch's ladder that you imbued with, you know, serenity and calmness and uh, Self confidence. That might be the perfect time if you have to give a speech in public to have it in your pocket or in your purse or just hold it in your hand. You can rub or handle your witch's ladder just to keep your your hands busy. You know they've got those those toys that came out a couple Christmases ago. All right, my kids had some where you use them to to keep your hands busy. Um, it takes a part of your mind that. So you can focus on other things. It's kind of like driving, you know, when you drive, at least when I drive, I, the driving part takes the conscious part of your brain to work the car and watch the red lights and watch out for people and cars so you don't hit them. Um, But it also frees up a part of your mind because that other part of your mind is kept busy. It's the same thing with the worry stones or the witch's ladder or the, um, prayer beads, same type of thing. You're using part of your hand to feel the, the beads and that keeps that part of your brain busy. Okay. So that's all I've got today. I think this is a short one, um, which is probably good for all of us, the way I've been going tonight. I I hope you enjoyed it. Um, come check out my Etsy store. It's, uh, Bats and and bats and baubles is all spelled out. So B-A-T-S-A-N-D-B-A-U-B-L-E-S-I-N-C.etsy.com. And I've actually made a bunch of uh, prayer beads and I will be putting them up. So come check those out. I've also got all kinds of fun witchy stuff on there from resin spirit boards, which I've just sold out of to planchettes, to alter tools. I'll be getting more um, resin boards put up. They, they take quite a bit of, of work to do, so that I'm not as fast at getting those up. Um, meanwhile, you can find Ren and myself at our website at www.c3witchypodcast.com. There you can access our podcast episodes, links to our social media. Let's see, we've got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook think I'm forgetting one. At any rate, the links are there on our website. If you like us, please consider supporting us. It takes money in addition to all the time we put into this. And so anything that you can give would be so much help. You would not believe it. And thank you to our existing patrons. We could not do this without you. So to support us, you can click the link to Patreon on our website. It's right there on the first page. Or you can go to www.patreon.com/slash C3 Witchy Podcast. So please come support us. Oh, you can also um, leave us a review if you like us. Don't, don't leave us a review if you don't like us. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. And in the meantime, stay witchy.